0: Conspiracy theories abound, and exactly how many there are is up for grabs. Some conspiracies are recent, others are decades or even centuries old. Lists of popular theories abound on the internet, though new ones seem to be born every year, especially in recent days. Leaders in government, science, medicine, and the media have discredited themselves through inept and dishonest policies affecting peoples and nations thus giving rise to skepticism, distrust, and some of the most wildly speculative theories ever conceived. And with social media come speculations on steroids. On today's Tomorrow's World program, we'll look at some of the most popular conspiracy theories that have ever been told. I'll also reveal the greatest conspiracy of all, one that is not theory, but fact and we'll be offering to you one of the most insightful resources we've ever produced. Our booklet, Restoring Original Christianity, written by the late Dr. Roderick C. Meredith, will be sent to you free of charge upon your request, so be sure to take down the contact information that will be shown during this program. Stay with me as we review some of the most popular urban legends and reveal the greatest conspiracy of all. Welcome to Tomorrow's World, where we give you the good news of the coming kingdom of God, explain prophecies of the Bible, and bring new insights from the Word of God. On today's program, we'll look at some of those popular conspiracy theories, along with the greatest conspiracy of all time, one that affects your life. Some conspiracies involve famous people faking their own death. Other narratives are about how prominent people died or didn't die, contrary to the official story. And some are rather laughable, such as Elvis is still alive and was seen at a gas station, grocery store, or according to a supermarket tabloid, he was spotted at Graceland, his legendary home, on his 85th birthday, along with a grainy picture. Other famous death conspiracies involve JFK assassin Lee Harvey Oswald, Martin Luther King, Princess Diana, and would you believe even Jesus, where a false story was circulated to explain away the resurrection. We read of it in Matthew, the 28th chapter, beginning in verse 11. Now, while they were going, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all the things that had happened. When they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, saying, Tell them his disciples came at night and stole him away while we slept. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him and make you secure. So they took the money and did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. As with that example, Some conspiracies are more than theories. Some have proven to be true beyond internet blogs and questionable sources. One came to light from a top-secret document that was made public November 18, 1997. Operation Northwoods was a plan circulated in the United States government in 1962 to stage false flag terrorist attacks inside the U.S. and abroad to provoke military intervention in Cuba. The plan called for Central Intelligence Agency, or the CIA, or other operatives to commit genuine acts of terrorism in U.S. cities and elsewhere. These acts of terrorism were to be blamed on Cuba in order to create public support for a war against that nation which had recently become communist under Fidel Castro. One part of the Operation Northwood's plan was to develop a communist Cuban terror campaign in the Miami area, in other Florida cities, and even in Washington. The document was signed by Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Lyman Lemnitzer, and reportedly presented to Secretary of Defense Robert McNamara on March 13, 1962. The plan was given to President Kennedy, who had the good sense to turn it down. But the fact that a false flag of this magnitude was considered by high-ranking government officials involving sacrificing the lives of American citizens, is it any wonder that such schemes have contributed to wild speculations? Less than four years after Operations Northwoods came to light, Muslim extremists flew passenger planes into the World Trade Center towers and the Pentagon. Some alleged that the CIA was complicit and that the attack was a ruse to create fear so that Americans would give up greater control over their lives. Others believe it was an excuse for President Bush to invade Iraq and depose Saddam Hussein, finishing the job his father left undone. Sadly, some conspiracy theories have ruined the lives of those caught up in them. One example is QAnon, or as others refer to it, QAnonSense. Following the January 6, 2021 storming of the U.S. Capitol building in Washington, D.C., BBC News explained this phenomenon. At its heart... QAnon is a wide-ranging, completely unfounded theory that says that President Trump is waging a secret war against elite Satan-worshipping pedophiles in government, business, and the media. QAnon believers have speculated that this fight will lead to a day of reckoning where prominent people such as former presidential candidate Hillary Clinton will be arrested and executed. This elaborately evolving theory began in October 2017, when an anonymous person, supposedly in the Trump administration, with Department of Energy high-level Q security clearance, made a post on the 4chan message board and signed off as Q. The very nature of Q is that it becomes an obsessive game where clues are dropped like breadcrumbs, Creating an addiction to find and unravel the next cryptic post. Some estimate that there are millions following Q, and if you meet one of them, you understand how obsessed someone can become to an unproven theory from an anonymous source. Stories abound of ruined relationships as believers become consumed in a fantasy world where anyone who disagrees is shut out and considered the enemy. It may surprise you to know that the greatest conspiracy of all is exposed in the Bible. Do you realize, dear friends, that you may very well have been taken in by this conspiracy? I'll show you exactly what that conspiracy is and who is behind it, but before I do, I want to offer you a free, eye-opening resource. Restoring Original Christianity is a thoroughly documented booklet that gives the history of Christianity And points out easy to understand prophecies that gave the history of Christianity in advance. In it, the late Dr. Roderick C. Meredith asked the thought provoking question Is it possible that Satan has deceived millions of sincere Christians? My friends, you need to know the answer to that important question. So pick up the phone and request your copy of Restoring Original Christianity. Just use the number shown on your screen, or go to twtv.org original, and order this vitally important resource. And when I come back, we'll explore the greatest conspiracy of all right from the pages of the Bible.
1: For today's free offer, call 1-800-236-0531 or go to twtv.org original. This clear and straightforward resource will help you understand this vital truth straight from the pages of the Bible. If you're calling for the first time, you will also receive a free annual subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine. Ten inspiring issues discussing news, science, and modern culture will help you make sense of your world from a biblical perspective. Call today and join millions around the world who are turning to Tomorrow's World for truth, prophecy, and hope in these confusing times. Call now, or go to twtv.org original.
0: On today's Tomorrow's World program, we're looking at some widely held conspiracy theories. Few of them have anything to do with how you live your life, and even if true, which most are not, what can you do about it? But before the break, I said we'll explore the greatest conspiracy of all time, right from the pages of the Bible. But let me first remind you of how skeptical we have become. Many are convinced that the US government is not being truthful about a number of current and historical events. For example, it is alleged that the moon landing was faked, an alien spacecraft crashed at Roswell, New Mexico, and contrails are really chemtrails. And then there is the HARP project. HARP, an acronym for High Frequency Active Auroral Research Program, is a real U.S. government program. The only question is the alleged interpretation of its purpose. Its official website states, The High-Frequency Active Auroral Research Program, or HARP, is a scientific endeavor aimed at studying the properties and behavior of the ionosphere. Researchers say they hope to learn about the ionosphere to enhance our communication and navigation technology, but a committed group of conspiracy theorists have long claimed harp is used to cause natural disasters such as earthquakes, hurricanes, and even tsunamis, and others believe harp is used for mind control purposes. Wise King Solomon wrote, That which has been is what will be, that which is done is what will be done, and there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which it may be said, See, this is new? It has already been in ancient times before us. No, conspiracy theories are not new, but the internet, social media, and photo-doctoring techniques put them on steroids. But do you realize that there are commonly believed theories about Christ that have no basis in biblical fact? For example, many claim that Jesus was married to Mary Magdalene and that the Church has hidden the evidence for centuries. Made popular by the book Holy Blood, Holy Grail and the Dan Brown novel The Da Vinci Code, this conspiracy theory has been around a long time. Some claim that this supposed marriage produced a lineage of children that were eventually brought to France. In 2012, Harvard historian Karen King claimed to have found an ancient second-century writing in which Jesus supposedly calls Mary, quote, my wife. But four years later, she conceded that she had been duped by a forgery. Still, the theory persists, as conspiracy theorists claim Mary Magdalene's role in the early church has been hidden and suppressed to maintain the power structure of the male patriarchy. Of course, the Bible says no such thing, but this is an example of how little understanding and how little faith individuals have in the one and only authoritative source of the life of Jesus. Books can be exciting, movies can be thrilling, but neither secular books nor movies should guide us on this important subject. As blasphemous as this theory is, and the conspiracy about the disciples stealing the body of Jesus, there is an even more important one, the greatest conspiracy of all. And I'll reveal it in a moment, but we'll take a very short break as a reminder to order your free copy of Restoring Original Christianity. The late Dr. Roderick C. Meredith asks and answers these questions. Is it possible that Satan has deceived millions of sincere Christians? What type of church would Jesus recognize as His own? And does our worship please Jesus Christ and God the Father? Order your free copy of Restoring Original Christianity, and when I come back I'll reveal the greatest conspiracy of all, one that you must not ignore as it affects your life today, and you may already have been deceived by it.
1: This clear and straightforward resource will help you understand this vital truth straight from the pages of the Bible. Call now, or go to TWTV.org original.
0: Before the break, I said, when I come back, I would reveal the greatest conspiracy of all, one that you must not ignore as it affects your life today, and you may already have been deceived by it. True first-century followers of Christ took the truth seriously. For them, it was no game, no social club, but a way of life. The questions must be asked, Is the Christianity of today the same as that of the first century? Is it original Christianity or a shallow counterfeit? Here's the answer from mainline Protestant scholar Jesse Lyman Hurlbut in his book, The Story of the Christian Church. In the chapter that he titled, The Age of Shadows, he wrote, For 50 years after St. Paul's life, a curtain hangs over the Church, through which we strive vainly to look. And when at last it lasted, rises, about 120 AD with the writings of the earliest church fathers, we find a church in many aspects very different from that in the days of St. Peter and St. Paul. Now, what were those changes that he refers to? How significant were they? Were they minor cosmetic changes or changes in frontline doctrines? Hurlbut lists a few of the many that took place during the shadowy time and the centuries that followed. The services of worship increased in splendor, but were less spiritual and hearty than those of former times. The forms and ceremonies of paganism gradually crept into the worship. Some of the old heathen feasts became church festivals with change of name and of worship. About 405 AD, images of saints and martyrs began to appear in the churches, at first as memorials, then in succession revered, adored, and worshiped. The adoration of the Virgin Mary was substituted for the worship of Venus and Diana. The Lord's Supper became a sacrifice in place of a memorial, and the elder evolved from a preacher into a priest. Hurlbut is one of many mainline scholars and historians who admit that the Christian church of today is not the same as that of Jesus, His apostles, and His first-century followers. Original Christianity was corrupted by a grand conspiracy. One common narrative is that Roman Emperor Constantine converted to Christianity and made Christianity the religion of Europe and much of the world. But how converted was Constantine? And what kind of Christianity did he bring to the world? Historian Paul Johnson observes the following in this regard. There is some doubt about the magnitude of Constantine's change of ideas. He himself appears to have been a sun worshiper, one of a number of late pagan cults which had observances in common with the Christians. Thus the followers of Isis adored a Madonna nursing her holy child. The cult of Addis and Sibyl celebrated a day of blood and fasting, followed by the Hilaria Resurrection Feast, a day of joy, on 25 March. The elitist Mithriacs, many of whom were senior army officers, ate a sacred meal. Constantine was almost certainly a Mithriac and His triumphal arch built after His conversion testifies to the sun god, or unconquered sun. Many Christians did not make a clear distinction between this sun cult and their own. They referred to Christ driving His chariot across the sky. They held their services on Sunday, knelt toward the east, and had their nativity feast on 25 December, the birthday of the sun at the winter solstice. During the later pagan revival under the emperor Julian, many Christians found it easy to apostatize because of this confusion. The bishop of Troy told Julian he had always prayed secretly to the sun. Constantine never abandoned sun worship and kept the sun on his coins. He made Sunday into a day of rest. The record of history shows original Christianity of the first century was very different from that of today, but does this matter as long as we worship Jesus? How does the Bible answer this question, and how does it describe first century Christianity? I'll answer these questions after reminding you once more of today's important resource, Restoring Original Christianity. If we compare the practices of Constantine to Christ, or the teachings of the Papacy to those of the Biblical Peter, or the doctrines of Protestantism to the Biblical Paul, we have some choices to make. Restoring Original Christianity is a must-read for anyone desiring to please God, so pick up the phone and order your free copy. And in the last portion of today's program, We'll look to the Bible to see if how we worship God matters. We'll also contrast the Christianity of Jesus, Peter, and Paul with that of today.
1: For today's free offer, call 1-800-236-0531 or go to twtv.org original. Call today and join millions around the world who are turning to Tomorrow's World for truth, prophecy, and hope in these confusing times. Call now or go to twtv.org original.
0: We've been looking at conspiracies on today's Tomorrow's World program. In the previous segments, I read from scholars and historians how the Christianity of Christ is not the same as that of today. But do you realize that this greatest conspiracy of all, to transform original Christianity into an apostate religion of confusion and heathenism, was foretold in the pages of the Bible? That modern professing Christianity has been supplanted is not in dispute. The real questions are who did it and what should you do about it? The answers to both are found in the Bible. Let's answer the first question who's behind this conspiracy? Speaking of the time yet ahead, we read in Revelation, the 12th chapter and verse 9, that there's a great deceiver. So the dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. In Ephesians, the second chapter and verse 2, we learn how he deceives the world by broadcasting attitudes and moods through the air. And you he made alive, who are dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Satan does not direct the course of this world alone. He uses human beings who themselves are most often deceived. And that deception is not in moral values alone, but in Christianity itself. There are many warnings in the New Testament against a satanic false Christianity, more than I have time to fully cover in this program. One passage shows the Apostle Paul soundly correcting the church at Corinth over their careless acceptance of doctrines contrary to the truth. 2 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, verse 4. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. Paul then went on to explain the source of the problem, and he minced no words in doing so. He would not be viewed as politically correct today. Notice it in verses 13 to 15. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if His ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. Yes, there was a conspiracy to transform Christianity into something very different from that of Jesus and His early followers. Jesus' half-brother Jude, writing in the first century, admonished those of His day, that they needed to strive to preserve the truth which was already delivered to them. And by doing so, he put a nail in the coffin of the idea that original Christianity should evolve over time. Notice in Jude, verse 3, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith Which was once for all delivered to the saints. Jesus warned against following men who claim to represent Him, men who say Jesus is the Christ, but deceive the people in the process. The first sign Jesus gave when asked by His disciples about the sign of His coming was false Christianity Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in My name, that is, representing Him saying, I, that is, Jesus, am the Christ and will deceive many. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 17, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. So what do people do? They think exactly what He said not to think, that the law of God is done away. No wonder Jesus asked, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say." The highly respected philosopher and theologian Soren Kierkegaard sums it up with brutal clarity. The Christianity of the New Testament simply does not exist. What has to be done is to throw light upon a criminal offense against Christianity, prolonged through centuries, perpetrated by millions, more or less guiltily, whereby they have cunningly under the guise of perfecting Christianity, sought little by little to cheat God out of Christianity and have succeeded in making Christianity exactly the opposite of what it is in the New Testament. So what are you, dear friends, going to do? Will you follow the traditions of men as they have been handed down to you? That's the easy course. Or are you courageous enough to turn back to original Christianity? You won't be alone, as there are others. And if you would like to learn more about original Christianity, order our free booklet on the subject, and let us know if you'd like to talk to someone. And be sure to come back again next week when Richard Ames, Wallace Smith, Rod McNair, and I will continue to share with you the revelation of Jesus Christ, the good news of the coming kingdom of God, and the exciting end-time prophecies and their meaning. So be sure to join us right here next week at this same time.
1: For today's free offer, call 1-800-236-0531 or go to twtv.org original. Call today and join millions around the world who are turning to tomorrow's world for truth, prophecy, and hope in these confusing times.